Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. I'm David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida. And every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom The Facts of Life. And then I hit record. We start talking about the show. We synopsize. We criticize and theorize and basically just gab a lot about it for about an hour or so. My guest this week is Paul Padilla, musical theater actor, singer, director, extraordinaire, and a longtime guest of the podcast, one of our uh, MVPs for sure, because he's been on many shows, super, super fan, and super nice guy. He's recently relocated back to his home state of Texas, so we uh, actually recorded this via Skype. We also used Skype because we're really in full-on COVID-19 mode here in Central Florida. We are on a county order to stay at home. Thank God we're not in complete quarantine, lockdown, shutdown. We're hoping that's not coming down the pike, but you just never know. Anyway, uh, I'm just uh, holed up here at home. I've got groceries to hold me for a while, so I'm at the moment healthy and safe and praying that I remain so, that I haven't already been exposed to something, and uh, I'm getting a lot of cleaning done, deep cleaning, purging, and uh, other little round-the-house tasks chipping away at the to-do list of things that I never, ever, ever get around to doing. And of course, during this time, I'm making podcasts. I'm actually getting in touch with many people to Skype with me, and hopefully I'll be able to keep recording shows during this downtime. And uh, like I said, today is one of those shows, not just because of quarantine and social distancing, but because literally Paul and I were in different states. So as always, disclaimer, sound and sound quality inconsistencies, they are there but I don't think they detract from the glorious entertainment powerhouse that is this episode. Paul and I watched Season 4, Episode 23, Graduation, Part 1. Yes, this is Part 1 of a two-part episode. So, you get Paul this week, and you get him next week for the exciting conclusion. The original air date of the episode was May the 4th of 1983. Anyway, I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Paul Padilla. Well, hello, Paul Padilla, and welcome back. All the way from, what? where are you in Texas now? I am in New Braunfels, Texas, right outside Austin, Texas, between San Antonio and Austin. Uh-huh. It's a brisk 50 degrees here today, so yeah, it's 50 degrees. So 50? Are you kidding me? Nope. It was, like the lowest this morning was 66 and it's going to get up like all week. It's going to be pushing 90 the whole time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's... No, I mean, we're, we're going to have it for a few days and then we'll go to, go to that. So just kind of enjoying it in my yeah. pajamas. They say we shouldn't call it social distancing, but, but they say we should call it physical distance, something like that. Not, uh, mm-hmm. we're not social distancing because we're being social. Yeah, we are. absolutely. Uh, and you're there because you have recently relocated. Well, I have I've relocated uh, a little earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I am. Did you always Marvel think Texas. you were going to? Uh, yes. Yeah, that was kind of always the plan for me, uh, you know, and uh, 
actually uh, be a gypsy, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so many people in our uh, industry. But uh, yeah, you know, I've always kind of wanted to get uh, closer to family. I really love uh, the community here. I love Austin, Texas. I love the arts and culture that are here. So yeah, it's something I always wanted to do. And uh, yeah, so we're going to give it a shot. And uh, well, yeah, good. I've got some really great artistic friends here that, uh, you know, I didn't get to play with and didn't get to create with. I've had a great time in Orlando with so many talented people there. Uh, so yeah, it's a new decade. So I'm going to come back to my roots and uh, yeah, give it a shot here with my great friends that are in Austin and San Antonio. Very cool. Because uh, you, so for a lot of people getting work in a theme park sometimes is the, Oh, I'm just going to do this a year or two. This is just going to be a little in between thing. And then I'm going to get on to the real career part of my life. And how long did that last for you? 13 and a half years uh, at one stage. I was at the at actually working at Disney for about 15 and a half years, about 16 years. Yeah, that's a that's quite a detour for something that most people <laughs> consider temporary. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. It was absolutely wonderful. It was, you know, uh, I, I say probably the best job I'll ever have, but I, you know, I don't want to say that as well. I want to also look forward, but it was a fantastic time. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, but I am excited about what's what's to come, you know. Um, that's cool. kind of a, that's kind of the scary part of our business, but also the exciting part of our business is you never know what's ahead, you know. Uh, absolutely true. And yeah. for most actors, that's the normal. A, a full-time theme park gig that lasts a decade or even more than that. That's the that's the exception. That's not really the rule for a person who's a professional actor or a performer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, then let's get to it, my darling. Uh, okay. oh, but before we do, let me just say, it sucks I didn't get to actually see you to say goodbye, which I know. is I mean, gross. Technically, but... you know, I did get a gig in Florida um, for May, June, July. So, I mean, if all that still happens, you'll get to see me again. But okay, I mean, obviously, good. see me again in, in life. But yeah, but if not, you know, you can always come to Texas and hang out on the farm. Oh, my God, I totally can. <laughs> and I've never yeah, wanted to go to Texas. Got, like, yeah, we've got like eight deer in the front yard at all times. Oh. So it's really pretty. Good yeah. to know. It's really and pretty. And I'm sure they'll mm-hmm. be delicious when you make them for me for dinner. <laughs> they make great jerky. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, uh, we're here uh, speaking with hundreds of thousands of millions of miles between us, but you and I both just did the same thing. We both just watched season four, episodes 23. Three and twenty-four, called graduation. I got a, I got a little teary. Not gonna lie. You got. I <laughs> cried so much. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot how I don't know. I don't, much. I don't know if my if my emotions are just like on the surface right now, but I'm like, what? I I've seen yeah. it before, but I got a little it teary. Could be the global <laughs> pandemic that's signaling yeah. the possible end of days, maybe. <laughs> But, end of days, uh, yeah. maybe it has something to do with it, you know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> might be a little bit on edge. Not too sure. Not too sure about that. But yeah, first of all, we need to say that uh, I call it season four. It's considered episode twenty-three and twenty-four when you look at the reruns. But in fact, the graduation episode did run as all one, as a special one-hour oh, season finale to the facts of life, and it ran on May fourth. 1983 and uh, was directed by Asad Kalada like all the others this season and it was written by Kimberly Hill, Linda Marsh and Margie Peters all three of them 
experienced and you know linda marsh and margie peters it's like they're the yeah they're the ones who saved the show so they know these characters yeah let's uh let's get to it as far as uh you know the drill paul i'm about to fulfill your worst nightmare i'm about to tell you Mm -hmm. on the spot give me the two sentence elevator pitch synopsis of Uh, oh no i didn't even think about that dare spoil any of part two because i'm going to be doing this parts okay um oh gosh monumentous events take place when the girls graduate from eastland will this will they stay together i mean that's a big that's the big question what's going to happen now the girls separate i can't do this i'm horrible at this i'm not the improv actor (laughs) that all your great friends are i need a script (laughs) but no you were great that was actually good the fact that you did sort of end it with a question because yeah, well, it, the happen. fact is that mm-hmm. this does end with a question mark. And I have to wonder, I put it out to the readers, I need to check a couple of sources. I wonder, did they know they were coming back? Or was this written and taped with the thought that this, I mean, usually most seasons they don't know. Right. You usually don't right. know. Because this is, this ran in May means it was uh, probably taped sometime in late March. And usually you don't get information about the pickups of shows till like June or July. So it's very possible. Of course, that's how we feel right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's like, wait to be picked up. Exactly. In the theme park world, you know. But that's, but that's, that is what the theme park world is too, though. Really Mm -hmm. and truly. And in the same vein, I always think it's funny when I always talk about them. The show was canceled and the network canceled the show. And I'm like, "Uh, the network commits to a season at a time mm-hmm. and then say no thank you we don't want to commit to another season that's not a promise that has hopefully been broken hopefully you saved your yeah hopefully you saved your fifty thousand dollars an episode <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but it's like you know and the theme parks are the same way it's it's year to year we never have employment for more than a year at a time but yeah. when you sit at that table and they say we don't have anything to offer you this year uh, it can be for any number of arbitrary reasons usually it's nothing to do with you your talent your behavior or whatever, and it's easy to fall into the narrative of, well, then they fired me. Well, then after I got fired. But yeah. in fact, it's like, no, they they committed to a year of employment, yeah. no promise yeah. of the subsequent year. And if they don't say yes, I, I you know, that's my spin on it, even though mm-hmm. uh, to, to some people it's it's very easy. And I've been there multiple times. I've been there yeah. where it's like, it's easy to say, then before they fired me. But let's be <laughs> realistic. And uh, it's very likely this was written with them thinking uh, this, we, we don't know if we're picked up for another season, but because we have this momentous occasion of Blair and Joe graduating, we do not really know what the future is. We, we don't know. So we need to kind right. of write it with a sense of closure because the network could very much say, well, they're not all in school together anymore. We're not interested. We don't yeah. want whatever other show you think you might have. And uh, thankfully and they this, did. And this, and the, yeah. And th- this was, you know, the end of an era for you, David oh. Almeida, because this is uh-huh. your favorite era of the facts of life. I cried like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming into my favorite era of the facts of life. I know. So that's, exactly. that's why we're, yeah. I texted Matthew also. I said, I'm watching the graduation episode and I am sobbing like a child. And Matthew just sent back a note saying, 
uh, there's a smile at the end of the rainbow. And he sent uh-huh. me a of the exterior shot of Edna's edibles. Of course. Enough, I, I, I know, I know. But nonetheless, <laughs> if this had been the end of the facts of life, and um, it, it, it would have been problematic, first of all, because this is only episode, what, 76 or so? Uh, we're not even close to 100 episodes they typically want before they'll put something in syndication and give it a potential new life in reruns. So um, so we may have never heard from it again, but had this been the send-off, the swan song, and the final uh, show where we don't see these characters again, God, it's beautiful. It beautiful. really is. And like I said, like three times I was like, oh, God, what was happening, you know? And, yeah, we'll talk – when we get to that point, we'll talk about it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some really nice moments that they filmed, yeah. yeah. Absolutely were. And I'm going to preface also our lengthy synopsis by saying I – loved this episode and i i have two notes and they are the most minis actually no no it's a note and a, a request for clarification that is mm-hmm. it that is there i've got a couple of notes in. i've got a couple notes oh really yeah who's mr fuss budget all of a sudden <laughs> well we'll get there but- what else am i gonna do here i'm on the farm <laughs> Similarly, the way Matthew loved the the Daddy's Girl episode and the second half of it, Matthew went, I have no notes. It was perfect, in my opinion. That's really what it is, too, for me. My notes are all synopsis notes and jokes I want to remember and things I want to point out. But is that the, is uh, the corrections? The Daddy's Girl, is that the one where, where Blair's dad comes with the IRS, yeah. IRS problem? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good episode. Very good. It is. It's a good episode. Yeah. Um, so let's get to it. We start off in... The cafeteria. It's our last episode starting in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> you love that damn cafeteria. I do. Uh, yeah, so it's weird to treat this. I, again, I'm trying to treat this like two episodes. Technically, no. Okay. If you're looking at it in reruns, this was split into two episodes. When you look at it on Daily Motion, it is still one. And uh, yes. I, on the, on the well, when you told me to watch the episode, you told me to watch the episode, I kept waiting for it to end so I could start part two. And it never did. And I was like, wait, we're at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, yeah same I was here. surprised as well. I was surprised yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good. But we're going to do part one. We're going to do the first half now and get to it. Okay. So we start in the cafeteria. Tootie and Natalie are dealing with uh, the tickets for graduation. and Only um, three. Only three. Only three per per student, yes. Tootie, mm-hmm. uh, um, let me clarify. Natalie is dealing with the tickets for graduation. Tootie is in charge of the diplomas. So they have their jobs to do, and we have immediately established what is happening. Tootie says, well, T minus 26 hours to graduation. Mm-hmm. This shit is happening tomorrow. Ha! Huh. But the whole thing of moving on to a next place to graduating and seeing the future, Tootie takes on this sort of wistfully, overly dramatic position that tends to continue through the whole thing. And uh, I, I do like that. The episode does a great job of being of of just being a traffic cop and managing all of the bodies that are coming in and out. And all the people they have to touch upon, because it's like, okay, well, they're graduating. We got to get their parents involved. Uh, it, Blair's graduating. Got to get cousin Jerry. It would be weird if we didn't. And in addition to that, to 
build up the whole idea of the busy work and the preparations. Blair comes through and this girl, Emily, is following her. And Blair is saying, Emily, I've got an eight-day beauty plan. You follow it. You're going to be great. Emily was the girl two weeks ago. Note number one, fire Emily. That was my note number one. Yeah. She's way yeah. too much. Like, just too much for the for the screen. Like, I'm like, what's happening? Who who casted her? She's yeah. Way over the top. She was Crazy, the one like, crying. Remember in yeah. the two weeks ago episode, she was the one crying when it's about who got a fat letter and who got a thin letter from the college. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. Natalie's doing her interview about what's it like to have all your dreams dashed in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Emily was... A little, uh, gee, Blair, thanks a lot. There's only one other thing. I need another ticket for graduation. And it's like, oh, sweetie. Yeah, it was too much. Oh, Asad, Asad, Asad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but she needs an extra ticket to the graduation. Blair tries to finagle one out on Natalie. Natalie is like, absolutely not. Fuck off. Goodbye. Yeah. And this is going to come back. This is of the many little threads that they spin that is going to come back at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then Blair does mention that Jerry and both of her parents are coming. And like you said, three tickets per graduate. So, Emily, you do not get another ticket. Then comes Mrs. Garrett and Joe. Joe is following Mrs. Garrett around, trying to practice her valedictorian speech because two weeks ago we learned Joe is the valedictorian. That's impressive. Holy shit. That is just, yeah. I, I'm still thrilled about that. And that news was dropped somewhat casually, and I, I just love that. So um, Mrs. Garrett is just, oh, she is so distracted and so put upon. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, and to be honest, I was like, oh, like, they, it was nice to see something different. Like, she was pretty much frazzled the whole episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she was, yeah. you could tell she was stressed, and she wasn't mm -hmm. quite so nice. She wasn't giving the girls her undivided you know 100 percent attention she and even was a little bit snippety with people no. you know what i mean she was like i'm doing i'm dealing with my own shit right now yeah. people and you know and she so does nice say something see. she's human yeah exactly and she does say something interesting she says mr parker has left everything to me <laughs> and interesting for this being the graduation episode episodes Mr. Parker's not there. We never see him. They refer to him mm -hmm. constantly. Tootie says, when I hand the diploma to Mr. Parker and he hands it to you, uh, if it's wrong, we'll sort it out later. Like, there's reference to him. He he is, his presence is there, but the actor is, in fact, not. Yeah. Let's save some cash. Yeah. And, and, and God knows, they've got enough actors on the payroll. It's probably mm -hmm. just as well they didn't have one other body. Maybe yeah. in an earlier draft he was there, and they're like, could you cut somebody, please? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and interesting, did you think to yourself, oh, foreshadowing, Mr. Parker has Mrs. Garrett frazzled because mm -hmm. he's dumped everything on her. Yeah, Jeez. there's a couple of foreshadowing moments in this, which made me think they must have been doing really well in the ratings or something, because they kind of wrote things to, you know, segue later into uh, yeah. other season. It's, again, it's beautifully written because it, like I said, it ties up so many things and achieves what it needs to while giving it a sense of finality if it needs to have that. If it didn't come back, we would have been happy. This would have been a great send-off. But the fact that there's enough still left floating out there a little bit, like maybe we think they're going to ask us for another season, but mm -hmm. we... And at this point, the writers probably didn't even know. They were like, we don't know what the fuck we're going to do. No. 
Yeah, they did a great job. You know, these or, these, or, these, you know these women. I'll bet you they were waiting on the word from where they're going to let them spin off Blair and Joe into their own show. Oh, so gotcha. Might have been a, we don't know, we're probably back. We just don't know if we have one show or two. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what form either of those is going to take. They should know that that, that, that already doesn't work because <laughs> they try to spin off five shows, it feels like, oh, at this man. point on season four. Yes. <laughs> and one of the things that is definitely not yeah. going to work in the Mrs. Garrett Eastland show that would have remained without Blair and Joe is Alexandra, our Italian princess. <laughs> Jesus. She is it's her last be- episode. This is. These yeah. these two are her last episode. Um, she is in the kitchen. Uh, Heather McAdam is back. And as I've said before, her best work was still ahead of her. And now they've kind of shoehorned her into this episode as being, uh, because she's a princess, she doesn't know her way around the kitchen. So she's not a big help, though she thinks she's helping. Mm-hmm. And poor Mrs. Garrett is so put upon and for some reason feels the need to appease her which i feel like mrs garrett should have said alex get the fuck out of the kitchen You're yeah, not absolutely anything else but again, well and no she I, I i love the obligatory flower on her face you know that one little oh, smear of flower that you have the, when you're working in the kitchen oh my yeah. god yes but um <laughs> yeah the thing of when you make a character it's one thing to make a character dim or inexperienced or flighty, but when you just venture into pure stupidity, they've done this with Blair before and I've complained profusely. Here's one of them. I'm really helping in the kitchen, except these cupcakes came out runny and she pours some of the batter off of the the beater. And Mrs. Garrett's like, well, you need to bake them first. It's like, really? You, You mix together some some batter and you think that's what a cupcake is really girl come on i just anyway that was one joke that i did not love uh in an episode of most everything i did love and that's just because now we all do did you did you like the character of alex on the show like i mean she didn't bother me like i I mean she's just kind of there you know get her and what i just said i hate alex no (laughs) I didn't find her in any way, shape, or form appealing. I didn't think she was a great yeah. actress. Her comic timing was okay, fine. Yeah. But in terms of where she fit in with the rest of them, it was like, right. what? And part of it is like, we have Blair, Joe, Tootie, and Natalie. We have the perfect set. You don't need to add So anything. you would pick Miko over. You would pick Miko over Alex. Uh, uh, you know who I wanted <laughs> I wanted... Um, Oh, God, what's her name? Uh, Cheryl Epps, the African-American girl at the... Terry. I wanted Terry. Remember Terry? Terry is the was African-American the runner, girl. Or? Yeah. She was the runner who... Yeah, um, yeah she was a friend of Tootie's. And uh, yeah. I like Terry. Yeah. I thought they could have given her more to do, and she might have stepped up yeah. to the plate. But, oof. <laughs> for, the, for the whole... Let's try out a couple of things. Let's throw some... Let's throw something to the wall and see what sticks. Ain't nothing sticking here. It's, it's very clear that if Blair and Joe were to exit right now, they would have a big problem on their hands. So um, Mrs. Garrett smartly says, Joe, how about you practice your speech on Alex and sends Alex out to uh, receive the bread shipment? So when bread is being delivered, who does that mean comes into the show? 
Fry. Yes, our lovable harasser of girls, our optimistic, appealing, misogynist. Um, oh, Jesus, Lord. He is there, and uh, he will be on two more episodes uh, after we get through the graduation ones. There are two more that have him in it. And um, when he arrives, Alex thinks he's funny. She likes his jokes. And uh, we have the nice line where she says, I just should warn you, I'm a princess. And he says, well, really? I'm a prince. Perfect Roy line. That's absolutely right. And then we end the scene with Roy giving Joe her graduation present. A kiss and a dip to which she did not consent. Yes. Mm. A very long kiss. Oh, my God. It's it's so bad. Everything else about Roy is so he's so love. You know, there was, like I said, his optimism and how unfazed he was, was always appealing to me. It is the point where after a while you're like, read the room. Joe is telling you literally, Roy, go fuck yourself and die. And he's like, oh, (laughs) what sweet nothings you're whispering in my ear. (laughs) And the scene ends with the dip and the kiss. It just dissolves away and and doesn't linger too long, thank God, because it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And we go back into the cafeteria later again, the same day. Tootie is modeling one of the graduation gowns, and she says, do I look like a graduate? And what does Natalie say? You look like a gospel singer, which she does. (laughs) And she did. Absolutely. 150%. so Tootie is tying up the diplomas, and then Blair comes through the cafeteria with yet a different girl, now Lisa. And she's going, no, Lisa, wedgies are tacky. You need to wear the pumps and all this stuff. So Blair is just being inundated with girls looking for fashion advice. Yeah, or fashion so we have advice. another actress, not as bad overacting, but still overacting. Like, I could not get through this graduation without you, Blair. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, it's, yeah. I could have told you wedgies is tacky, but whatever. <laughs> who doesn't know that yeah. <laughs> but then joe comes in and they're like oh well here comes uh, hot lips Houlihan or whatever they call her and joe was like do not ever mention what happened between me and roy again and the girls are like he sure planted one on you <laughs> we watched you get molested and we did nothing <laughs> it's a point yeah. of chiding her it's like no girls come on Reiterate, yeah. I love this episode. I'm aware I'm still shitting on it. I don't care. I love, love, love this episode. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. I feel honored that I get to talk to you about it. <laughs> so, um, Tootie starts in with, a, you know, wait, wait a minute. Natalie, you know, they're not just graduating. Like, they're going. Natalie and uh, Blair and Joe are leaving. Like, this shit is starting to get very real for me. Mm-hmm. And, um... And it gets to the point of it's over. No more Joe's bike. No more Blair's curlers. And a little part of me is like, she's talking to the audience here. She's sitting there going, hey, this this is coming to an end. How do you feel about it? You know? Um, and they're like, Langley's 20 minutes away. And, and Natalie's like, but no, you just don't get it. They don't get it. Blair and Joe pass through and they're just dismissive of Tootie saying, but we're not going to work together. We're not going to be rooming together anymore. And tearfully, she mm-hmm. says, this is the end of the Four Musketeers. We are not even going to be friends anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I, I did not cry there. That did not upset me because I knew better. 
No, it's, it's shitty was a little. Kim Fields was a little presentational in this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But that's the okay. commercial. We're already through the first half of the show. Was there anything else in there that uh, struck you that you had feelings that you needed to be felt? No, I was just thinking, oh, you know, that's cool that at least that the character of 2D kind of under, uh, understood that, you know. And mm. I think that comes with age. Whenever I was like, uh, you know, in high school years and college years and then, you know, doing shows like they ended and then I would look back and I'd go, oh, wow, that was a really nice time, you know. And But I never thought of it ending I'm like, oh, I'm going to see everything yeah. again. Da, 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 da. You don't think about it. It comes with age now. You know, for example, my time uh, in the 13 and a half years that I did doing the same show at Disney, whatever, a while back, I started really appreciating what it was. I think that mm-hmm. comes with age. So the fact that she's recognizing that, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that it's coming to an end. Because when you're young, you don't, you think, eh, nothing's going to change. So yeah. that was, you know, I thought that was a, a nice touch. Boy, yeah. Yeah. And, and you think, oh, we're going to run into each other. Oh, it's, you know, it'll happen. Like it's yeah. the same way young people feel invincible and don't think about their own mortality. That was pretty self-reflective of 2D. And I guess kids are somehow like this, but uh, it's tough for me because high school was never this big. Oh my God, this is the end of the thing. And I'm never going to, I mean, high school was something I never really thought. Oh, I, I'm going <laughs> to. So that is, we, we go to our commercial with all this this heaviness and oh my godness. So we come back from commercial though, and uh, we're still with Tootie and Natalie, but now Tootie's eating a Sunday and Natalie is uh, comforting her. You know, Natalie gave yeah. her that Sunday. That was of course. That was and you, you know, she put an extra scoop in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to comment on the puffy paint sweatshirt that Tootie was wearing because yes. you remember that fad that was you could have the the, the cheapest shittiest mm-hmm. sweatshirt that you got for like a dollar but oh, if you yes. put some puffy paint on it it's what it's, it's a work and we all art. wore them but it's like what the hell that's ugly that's an ugly <laughs> gross sweatshirt but yeah. yeah it had like ballet slippers on it or something yeah it was yeah we there's a lot of street clothes in this and really most of it is just par for the course for me it really isn't uh, there's a couple that are worth noting. We'll get to a little bit later. Yeah. Did you have um, a puffy paint anything? I did not have a puffy paint anything. I was not a stylish child or teen well, or adult. I was definitely a more stylish child than I was and it's, I'm a, as an adult. You know, as I'm wearing a beer festival shirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I have a I my face today. <laughs> so then Cousin Jerry comes in. It's like, yay, Jerry is here. We needed for her to be here. And Yay, uh, with her six, six lines, five lines, something like that. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot to do. It's only a few lines. Um, and after this, after we get through the graduation episodes, she has three more. She'll be on episode f- uh, that she'll be in season five three times. And then we never see her again, which is very sad. Uh, yeah. So when she comes in, Blair, uh, Jerry pretty much says, Wow, guys, it's graduation. Whoa, things are sure going to change around here. And Tootie's like, and Natalie's like, I just got her calmed down. I just got her on on solid food. So then Tootie says, oh, my God, I didn't even think about it. When Blair leaves and graduates, Jerry's not going to need to come here to visit her anymore. We're not just losing Blair and Joe. We're losing cousin Jerry, too. And honestly, that sucks Natalie in. And now Natalie ends up getting caught in Tootie's, oh, fuck, life is really going to change and shit is ending and this is real now. Fuck. 
And Jerry says, we'll have lunch, which is like a knife to Natalie. She says, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. A perfect Catskills delivery. We'll have lunch. That's a kiss off if I ever heard it. Perfect, perfect Natalie moment. And then in comes Monica Warner, Blair's mother. Yay! Who just just recently passed. Marge to say. Yes, the wonderful Marge. She had been Monica previously on a couple of episodes. And um, and I've always loved her. I thought she was a really classy actress. She was perfect. Her soap roots serve it well because she plays being the sort of socialite rich lady so well. Mm-hmm. And um, here's an interesting thing. She says, I just came from, uh, she said, I came from the gymnasium. I was taking a stroll down memory lane. And uh, the joke they build in is, uh, Jerry says, oh, really? That's right. Uh, Aunt Monica, when did you graduate from Eastland? And she turns and says, at the end of my senior year, like everyone else. <laughs> Beautiful line. But did yeah. we know that Monica went to, um, I guess? From season one, when it was the other really bad actress that was blonde. She talked yeah. about how she had been, she had gone to Eastland, yeah. Oh, and it was in season one, yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. it also... It also does make sense that um, the Carlton Blair Library, we figured that if his name was Carlton Blair, Blair had to be the mother's maiden name before she married David Warner. So uh, so I had forgotten that Blair's mother talked about going to Eastland. But that's right. It was that Parents Night episode. That was kind of a reunion that they had. Yeah, because 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 she got caught kissing Mr. Brandt in the garden. Yeah, and they were friends from before, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he went to Bates, maybe. <laughs> uh, exactly, you guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Monica takes Jerry to go show her something. Joe enters looking for the typewriter to type up her valedictorian speech, and Joe and Blair start fighting over the typewriter. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Natalie is involved. Both Natalie and Tootie are like, no, you guys shouldn't be fighting. Time is slipping away. You should be laughing, reminiscing, and healing old wounds. And Joe says, in a minute, there are going to be some new wounds. <laughs> I love. So then in comes Alex and Roy with a surprise for Mrs. Garrett. And it's just a joke to give Mrs. Garrett more to do. <clears throat> Alex picked up the pineapples. What pineapples? She said, I heard you this morning talking about that you needed 100 pineapples. So Roy and I went out and got them. And Mrs. Garrett's like, 100 pineapple? What? No, I needed 100 pie pineapples for the tarts. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted someone to jump up and say, what did you just call me? Yeah. But um, Alex is like, should I take them back? And we get one of those Mrs. Garrett slow burns. Yes. I think that would be best. <laughs> See that she never returns. Yeah. I, and I, like I said, I loved Charlotte Ray being not together on this episode. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Just and, and in a get, frenzy. And we get it later. In the second half, we get together Mrs. Garrett and then some. She fucking crushes it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we go to the next scene. Now we're still in the cafeteria. More plans are being underway. Mrs. Garrett is talking to the row leaders. 
about strategies of making sure the girls are ready and accounted for in 11.45 sharp. And it is Blair and Joe, Emily and Lisa, the other two girls who were there earlier. Um, at another table, Monica, Blair's mother, is crying. And she's like, oh, and Jerry's like, Aunt Monica, what, what are you crying? Why are you so sad? And Monica breaks it and says, oh, nothing, dear. I'm just practicing. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> she's hilarious. I fucking love her. So then in comes Rose, Joe's mother, Rose Polnicek. Another person who I think is a great actress on the show. I always love seeing her when she was there. I think so, too. She's two two episodes ago. We met her for the first time. And uh, I did have a little bit of a note of a little criticism of the casting. I love her as an actress. I think she's superb. I'm not sure I believe that she is the overworked, beaten down waitress from the Bronx. Mm Mm-hmm working her fingers to the bone to get her daughter through school while her husband, ex-husband is in prison. Yeah. She's a little bit more upper class, nine to five almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we I were talking that. about actresses that she makes us think of. We were saying, um, I was saying, yeah, she makes me think a lot of Marsha Mason. Mm-hmm. I love Marsha Mason, man. Uh, in her heyday, like goodbye girl <gasps> and all that stuff. She was, that's like one of my favorite movies. I have to watch it once a year. With the full pizza that I eat by myself. <laughs> I, <laughs> girl. You know what? I, I really think that um, Rose came in the earlier scene. And uh, the previous scenes where Rose first came in. In this scene, Rose has come in saying, your father is still not here. He's late. Again. Kind yes. of a, a dig at the dad. Um, and I do like the moment they have that she has with Blair's mom. Oh, uh, you know, just like, you know, they are actually just connecting for a little bit and, you know, and it always made me feel better whenever they like knew each other's names and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're like, oh, they actually, they know, yeah. you know, parents, no parents of their, their best friends, you know? Yeah. Uh, and call uh, her Mrs. Warner. It would have been mm-hmm. nice if there was a, oh, please dear. Call me Monica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been nice. But, <laughs> but she wasn't having it quite then. Yeah. But, but she says to her, how do you cry and not have your mascara run? She says, I'm going to look like a panda. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what she says? Raccoon, I think. Yeah. Uh, actually, she says, I'm going to look like a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Monica says, Oh, it's this mascara I got from the Orient. I'll get you some. <laughs> I love it. Like, something I picked up in the Orient. I'll, 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 I'll lend you some. I'll give you some tomorrow. And I was like, What? I mean, she can like use the same brush. Or I was confused, but maybe she has. I'm the same brush. way. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. That causes conjunctivitis. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so exactly. flowers arrive for Blair. And it's like, ooh, all the pageant. Oh, one of your admirers. And Blair, you know, makes a big display of, oh, well, I'll sign for them. Let me open them and see how they are. And she looks at it and she just says, Mom, please don't get mad. She's like, what? They're from Dad. Dad was called away to London on business. And Monica is not happy. Yeah, I always thought, every time I watched it, I always thought that um, Blair's reaction was super quick. Like, she looks at it, and then her face just fell, and then she started the line. I was like, maybe she could take a little bit more time with that disappointment, but it was real quick. She has that beautiful scene later where she explains to her mother how she deals with it, and we already know she's dealt with it in the Daddy's Girl episode. Yeah, yeah. Where, at the end of the episode, she's got the check in her hand, and Joe says, what's that? And Blair says, oh, it's... My, my father. father. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I I thought that was a beautiful uh, referral to other that's that's again that's one of the things i love about this episode is that it does have connective tissue with everything all the other times we've met these other characters Mm -hmm. that is just something i i love in a show and nowadays we demand of a show so that they were mindful enough to do this back then when they really typically didn't and didn't care it was really really nice yeah it was and talking about monica warner um as the series progresses they give her some really fun, funny things to do. Like, I think they realize she has good comedic timing. And mm-hmm. she has some really funny episodes. There's one down the road where Blair and Joe think that her, she's going to marry Charlie Polnicek, so they're going to be sisters, and that's a hilarious episode. Oh, yeah. And then where she gets pregnant, you know, at, like, 40-some, you know. And has a baby when she's 60, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, she has some really good things to do later. So, I, you know, I, it, I think that this is the first time that I really saw a couple of the way she delivered lines. I think the writers probably realized, oh, she's actually funny. We can give her some stuff to do later, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, yeah. I am yeah. big. Marge Doucet, mm-hmm. God rest her soul. Yeah. The, you know, the, the comedic chops that she had in addition to everything else. She was yeah. one of the best things as far as guests on the show, she was one of the best. And I think she has a daytime Emmy, I think. I think she has a daytime Emmy or two. I I hope she does Mm -hmm. for her soap. I really do. Um, So then in comes Charlie, Joe's dad, the wonderful Alex Rocco, Mm -hmm. Austonian Alex Rocco. Uh, And he is in a suit and a boutonniere. He's like dressed to the nines. And part of you is like, uh, you know, the thing is tomorrow, right? (laughs) It's not tonight. It's not today. And Rose immediately jumps on that. And she's like, what? Who died and left you that suit? And he's like, it's mine. I think he says he did borrow the suit. But he says, I also rented a Mercedes. And she says, well, I, you were late. I waited for you at the motel. And he said, we're not staying at the motel. We're staying at the inn. The off-ramp hotel. Like, it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> yeah, off-ramp motel. Yeah. Yeah, we're staying at the Ratbag Motor Lodge. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> no, we're not. We're staying at the nice place in what? Yeah. Yes. Uh, now we were just two weeks talking about that. They did not know if they had two nickels to rub together for paying for Joe's education and her tuition. So we very quickly get into a fight between Charlie and Rose over. She says, "What are you doing? You're just showing off again, trying to play the big man." And this is why we divorced. And we do know that um, the he does say that when they went to the inn, the nice place, he says, oh, uh, Blair, I ran into your. No, no. He says somehow he knows Monica, which is weird. Yeah. He says he calls her Monica. He, he followed. That's foreshadowing, I guess, of what they mm-hmm. I don't know when they would have ever met. Oh, you know when they met? I'll tell you when they met during the. Um, read no evil episode remember blair's parents got a limousine and they picked up joe's parents and they oh, were right. on their way to the auditorium to fight the fight over the book banning that's so, right so they did 100%, meet percent. Yeah. they have met before which means that rose really could have should have called her monica but look at you remembering that i'm impressed you must take mm-hmm. your you must take your ginkgo biloba or whatever it's called my <laughs> <laughs> I, I i do take it but i forget when the doses are Anyway, uh, that's a Martin Short, Jiminy Glick joke. You're welcome. But he does you, say, you, hey, you didn't have to say that. I would have thought you were brilliant. I'm going to do. I do anyway. But yeah. 
but he does say, hey, Monica, I ran into your ex-husband in the lobby. And here is where I need clarification. This is my one question of the episode. I listened to it twice. He says, um, uh, he w- I, I said hi to him. I met him in between phone calls. Well, no, you met him at the book burning, book uh, ban- banning thing. But mm-hmm. he says, uh, and he, the, the line ends with him saying, great guy, Steve. I'm pretty sure he says Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh, instead of? David. David? Blair's oh, really? Is David Warner. And I listened to it twice. Uh, have a listen to it again yourself. Maybe I'm miss. I don't know what he would have, what that would have been. It would have been, hey, I ran into your husband. It seems like a great guy word. Interesting. Huh. As opposed I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I ran into your, your coworker there, the one that just moved to Texas. Nice guy, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nobody there in the room named Steve. Anyway, I hope they didn't forget that Blair's dad's name was David. That would be. Yeah. That's no a point, big one. At no point do they ever call him or refer to him by his first name. So it's not like. And, um, and you know, he's not there, but I really do love the actor that plays David Warner uh, as well. As well. I think he's so classy and the way he delivers his lines is just with ease. I just I've always loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Arder has said on the record that he could get it. Oh, I agree. I wasn't going to go say that, but if he's if he's in, I'm in. Yeah, I always felt I always I always felt that he's attractive. Yes. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, "Name's coming to me." It's uh, Nicholas Coster. Yes, and a big head of hair he had. Yeah, nice hair. Um, so yeah, it is too bad that we didn't get to see him in this episode just because we like him as an actor. Yeah. Really, we we did not need another body. This was just right. And I will say, I, though, that I – and this is something that happened – I think it, it happens less as we go forward in the seasons. But just the awkward – there was a couple of awkward blocking things that happened. And I I mean, as actors, you know, we know blocking. And I just think, oh, well, that was pretty lazy or that was pretty weird. Like, there was just some things that one time they were in the kitchen and they were fighting and they kind of – they did, like, this counter cross. And they, they, they did it, like, twice in a row. And I was like, that's just – kind of you know not to do that you know i mean that's just uh, not yeah. great not great staging and and then uh, kim fields has a, a lot of like leaning on on ta- on chairs like she she does it a, a lot in the show mm-hmm. where she le- puts all of her weight on the back of a chair and it's just it looks so awkward you know um, yeah and the same as when people cross their arms you know it's just weird to me because people don't yeah. really if i'm having the, a situation the crossing and looking and turning and the turning your back to someone too is always yeah. that thing. It's weird, but you know what we're watching is we're watching actors trying to present something to an audience like a yeah. stage play, but mm-hmm. they also have to walk and get to certain places so a camera can get a shot of them and have Correct. it focus. Yeah. But even as a child, I remember thinking that's weird, that's awkward. Like, don't do that, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. In and life, that's not and, the first time we've uh, mm-hmm. some other people have said that too. That sometimes the blocking on the shows does get a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I do not, I do not really have much of an answer because I am so inexperienced with that. I've never directed like you, so it's, um, yeah. You're, you're definitely not wrong. Yeah. So what happens is we've got, uh, since David is not going to be there to take everyone to dinner, Charlie is like, well, then I'm going to take everyone to dinner. Rose, it's like, are you crazy? What's the matter with you? So we have Monica enraged at David. We have got Charlie and Rose yelling at each other. 
and finally it escalates to the point that Joe just screams, stop it. And she and Blair storm into the kitchen to get the fuck away from their uh, arguing upset, loud parents. Yes. And this is where I would insert the bad blocking. I'm sorry. I, I was ahead of myself, but this is in, the exact in this scene kitchen. I was like, yeah, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I would agree with you on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But basically, in the kitchen, this is the last scene now of the first half of the episode where they're just like, oh, they're the worst. Can you believe it? And blah, blah, blah. We're mad and we're not going to dinner with them. And Tootie says, oh, maybe we could sit around and ramble. And oh, knock it off, Tootie. And very quickly, Blair and Joe start lashing out at Tootie and Natalie in their mm-hmm. anger, a common sitcom premise. Uh to have you know people be mad at the person that they're not actually mad at and um basically it's all just leave us alone blair and joe storm up the stairs and joe's final line is i can't wait for this place to be history leaving tootie and natalie alone yeah the kitchen for the fade out to commercial as they think this is all ending and the world is just done and awful and over and that's it that ends part one i really want to see the uh tv guide ad you know how sometimes you can find them oh yeah i have for this episode oh yeah yeah like you know like yeah like i just i love those things but i mean i i i lived for tv guides as a kid and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean there was like that i I just it was part of my weekly reading you know and those little synopsis that i am not good at but uh yeah that's how you knew what was going to happen I literally, I will post it on the website, but uh, there it is. It's time to laugh, cry, cheer, Blair and Joe graduate. It's the end of an era. (laughs) Is it the end of a beautiful friendship or the start of something greater? I just got it. All the at 9 p.m. I would be asleep if I was a kid. Yeah. That's late. Don't you think that's late? No people. No people was on from eight to nine. What was on? uh, Real people was on from eight to nine. Damn. And uh, and the funny thing, NBC four and ten. That was this is an ad from a Boston uh, TV guide or a newspaper because, mm-hmm. or at least I'm sure it may exist elsewhere in the country, but in Boston four and ten were the NBC channels. Oh, okay. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Yep. If you look at the picture, it's like that's Charlotte Ray going. This used to be my show <laughs> because <laughs> she's slowly starting to get tired of it. I think you know. Um, from, 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 from her book and from her book and stuff, you know, you can tell that this is oh. about the time she's like, I need more to do. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> we wanted to talk. I want to talk about the book, but let's um, we that's another show. That's a whole other yeah. show. We'll see how like fucking stir crazy we get over the next week or two. Yeah, totally. And go for that. Go from there. Um, so this ends part one, and Paul, uh you are going to stay on the line with me and we're going to complete part two, but my fives of listeners, guess what? You will have to wait until next week to find out what happens in the exciting conclusion. And I will say that my friend Reese, who is a listener now, uh, she Hi, listens. Geez. Yeah, she is. But I think she's like, I love David Almeida. I think he's like awesome. And I was like, yeah, he's so, super great. 
And then, you know, her favorites, of course, which are my favorite episodes, are the ones with you and Matthew Arder. And so she talks about them all, but she's listened to ones that I haven't even listened to yet, you know, but she's a big fan of you and well, Matthew. Well, hi, Reese. Welcome <laughs> to being listening. I love that you listen to the show. Yes. And uh, uh, to everybody else, he is talking about Reese Witherspoon, which is very <laughs> no, exciting. right. I wasn't going to do that because, you know, I wanted to be Protecting cool about it, and the celebrity Whatever. and all that shit. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, Whatever. on that note, uh, let's wrap up this episode. I will say my, I think my new sign off is fast becoming Paul Padilla. Thank you. Smooches and goodbye. Goodbye, David. Always a pleasure. And there you have it. That was Paul Padilla. A couple of things before I sign off here. He and I were talking about Marge Doucet, how much we love her as Monica Warner, Blair's mother. He asked if she had an Emmy or two, and I said, oh, she must. In fact, she does not. She did not win any awards for acting in her career. She did get nominated in 1995 for the Daytime Emmy for her role as Alexandra Spaulding in Guiding Light. In that year, she did not win. She lost it to Erica Slazak for the role of Victoria Lord Carpenter. God, I love soap opera names. And uh, that was on One Life to Live. Now, Erica Slazak had won three times before this. And then after this win, she would go on to win two more. So Erica Slazak has six Emmys for her work on One Life to Live. But Marge Desai is certainly no slouch. She had a great career until her recent passing. And uh, I didn't realize that even though she had been on uh, Guiding Light... Uh, Marge was also on Santa Barbara and Days of Our Lives and All My Children. She was just, she was getting that work and collecting the checks and doing what she did best. Now, another thing that we touched on, when I was talking about when Charlie, Alex Rocco, Joe's dad, says that thing, nice guy, Steve. I keep watching it. I keep listening to it. And I cannot for the life of me piece together what he could be saying other than the name Steve. So uh, you have a listen here. Tell me what you think. And talk to him between his business calls. Great guy, Steve. Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. Great guy, Steve. Great guy, Steve. Great guy, Steve. I don't know. What do you think? Have a look at the video on, on Daily Motion. I really think he says, nice guy, Steve. And, uh, it almost makes you wonder, was that just the script wrong? Did Alex Rocco flub his line and nobody noticed? Very, very odd. Anywho, that's just me being a little obsessive. Blah, blah, blah. Next week, I'm going to be watching season four, episode 24. That's graduation part two. And Paul Padilla is going to be back to join me. And then it will be the end of season four and the end of the Eastland years of the facts of life. Paul and I have already recorded our part of the show, and uh, it gets a little teary there for me. So, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. 
Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs> <laughs>